Hello everyone, uh, this is Boots on the Ground podcast and I'm your host Dblex Lesalon. Can you imagine a world without the tall creatures called giraffes? How would it look like? Their long neck and colorful markings shows clearly how they are unique in the animal kingdom. I'd like to wish each and every one of you a happy World Giraffe Day. World Giraffe Day is an annual event initiated by the Giraffe Conservation Foundation. It is celebrated on the 21st of June to create awareness and shed more light on the lives of giraffes and their conservation. In this episode, I talk with David O'Connor, currently the president of Save Giraffes Now, where they have over 20 collaborative uh, giraffe conservation projects across nine countries. David's love for giraffe and wildlife came from growing up in the Irish countryside. He has worked across Europe, Asia, Australia, Southeast Asia, and Africa on numerous conservation programs with San Diego Zoo Institute for Conservation Research, National Geographic, and others. He is also a research associate with the Smithsonian Institute and has formerly served on the board of directors for the Giraffe Conservation Foundation. He is a member of the IUCN Giraffe and Okapi Specialist Group. David earned his bachelor's degree in zoology and art science from the University College Cork in Ireland, his graduate diploma in business studies from the Smurfitt Graduate School of Business at University College in Dublin, and his master's degree in conservation biology from the University of Michigan. He is currently pursuing his doctorate at Senckenberg Biodiversity and Climate Research Center and Goethe University in Frankfurt, Germany. I hope you enjoy this episode and learn something. Karibu, karibu sana. Hey, Diblex, how are you? Fine, thank you. How are you today? <laughs> Very well, thank you. I was very much looking uh, to connecting with you and having this conversation. Thank you so much for making time. No problem. And, and, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to, to sharing with you the, the story of being able to do for these giraffe up in Gringo. Yeah, sure. Uh, before we get into that, um, uh, how, how, how have things been uh, for you? Uh, where are you right now? Are you in the U.S.? Yes, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm back in the US. Um, I was just in South Sudan there for the last couple of weeks, um, which was pretty challenging, but also pretty fascinating what's, what's going on there and the opportunities for conservation. But uh, now I'm back in, in, at home in California. Wow, fantastic. And I can't wait to see some of the work uh, you, you are doing there up in uh, Southern Sudan. Oh, thank you. And are you in Nairobi or...? Yes, yes. I mean, Nairobi, it's around 5 p.m. right now, a bit colder, okay. but uh, we are handling uh, pole pole. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's jump uh, right in, David. Um, uh, briefly, uh, tell us your story uh, from the beginning. Yeah, so my name is David O'Connor, and I'm president for, of uh, Save Drafts Now. Uh, which is a, a small uh, but very focused uh, nonprofit that works with with partners in various countries around Africa focused on on giraffe conservation, um, and I've been working on on giraffe conservation uh, off and on for about the last ten years, and actually started work on giraffe up in in Lakipi in, in Kenya doing some some research there. And ever since then, I saw that there was this amazing opportunity for uh, working with and learning about giraffe and, and working with the local communities around around Kenya and other places to really try to have a focus on giraffe and then also to try to help increase their numbers and, and battle the challenges that they're they're facing these days in the wild. 
Fantastic. And how has your conservation journey been like uh, and the formation of Save the Giraffes uh, uh, here in Kenya? Yes. So, you know, um, Save Giraffes now is about, uh, about two years old, but really, we've really only been, been going strong the last year or so, um, which is pretty amazing considering with, with COVID and everything. And uh, it was set up by um, Susan Myers, who is based in Texas, and she um, has traveled to Africa and has a love of Africa for a long time. And she heard about what was happening with giraffe. And um, so she decided to set up this, this nonprofit because, um, you know, compared to, say, elephant or rhino or some other, you know, famous African species, there wasn't all that much attention uh, going to, to giraffe and much conservation support uh, from nonprofits. And so she saw that opportunity to try to help that. And um, I joined uh, Save Giraffes now about a year ago. And now we're up uh, working in nine different countries uh, across Africa on about 20 or so different types of projects. Everything from, you know, doing, doing research, monitoring giraffe, uh, counting how many there are and, and, and working with, with local land managers all the way up to, you know, doing uh, reintroductions and rewilding. Uh, like we're doing, um, we did with with uh, up in Lake Baringo with the Rothschilds giraffe there. Yeah, interesting. And and uh, David, according to your experience, you know, as a researcher and uh, you know monitoring mm. giraffes over the past uh, few years, uh, what are some of the biggest threats you know facing giraffes in Kenya and let's say Africa in general? Yeah, you know, it depends. As, as you know yourself, it depends where you are in which country what what the challenges are. I would say though. Overall, um, the, the big challenge is habitat loss and habitat fragmentation, which affects so much of the wildlife across the world. Um, and, you know, in, in many places, also an increase in, in human population. And that means less space for, for wildlife. Of course, there's um, climate change and, and how that the weather and the, and the climates are changing and the rains are less predictable as, uh, you know, compared to what they used to be. And then in certain areas, um, in, in certain areas in different countries, poaching can be a very severe problem for, for giraffe as well. Fantastic. And um, uh, David, what are some of the on-the-ground uh, projects and programs that you help run uh, as president at Save uh, Giraffes Now? Um, yeah, so we, we very much take a, the approach where we're, we're supporting local groups um, you know, where they need support, be it financially or maybe they need some technical support. And, you know, it's local teams and local people who are who are implementing implementing the projects and we're just supporting them. So some of the the efforts we have uh, going on in, in Kenya, for instance, um, at my previous work and now going into into this one, we helped create the Twigo Walensi um, teams, which are, are uh, locally led teams in, in northern Kenya who are going out and helping protect giraffes. They're engaging with their communities, you know, across Samburu and, and like Kipia and other places um, around the giraffe there. They're assisting anti-poaching rangers, uh, as well as doing, you know, research about how giraffe are, are, are moving across the landscape. Um, and so we do support some, you know, and then we do some um, anti-poaching support, so supporting uh, Kenya Wildlife Service and other um, anti-poaching teams uh, across across Kenya. 
Um, and then we are doing um, some tracking of giraffe. We had attached some satellite tracking units to uh, a number of different giraffe across northern Kenya. And we're hopefully going to be publishing those results uh, pretty soon. And we'll be able to get, you know, things like what is the giraffe's home range need? What are their seasonal movements and things like that? And yeah. then in the case of um, up in up in Ruko, uh, there we helped reintroduce working with Kenya Wildlife Service and the Ruko community to reintroduce Rothschild's giraffe into that area, which had become extinct there about 70 years ago or so. Well, th thanks for sharing that, David. And I was following keenly uh, the translocation exercise uh, down at mm. Baringo uh, starting last year. And it was very interesting to see, you know, how uh, your team on the ground was sailing the giraffes from the flooded island in Lake Baringo, which is attributed mm. to climate change, as we've seen, various yes. uh, Rift Valley lakes uh, uh, rising. And could you mm. please describe to us how that process was like? Oh yeah, you know, Divlex, uh, that was really, really challenging. Um, I, you know, if you can imagine trying to move the, the world's tallest animal uh, that doesn't <laughs> swim off a off a very, very small island, yeah, with no easy feat. You know, we've done it sometimes, just reintroducing a translocating giraffe on land, and and that can be challenging enough. So, with with this, um, trying to to help. Uh, save them from the island and bring them to the sanctuary on the mainland was, was a big challenge. Um, especially when you think that, you know, the community had had come together. They'd been um, formed of the of the Pocat and the Ilkhamis tribes who had formerly yeah. been um, sort of battling each other for a long time. And, and Ruko, the, the two tribes came together and they, they actually formed Ruko from those two tribes and brought peace to that to that area and security. Yeah. And one yeah. of the first things they did was help to bring back these giraffe. Um, and so they were, the whole community was, was behind trying to save these giraffe and, you know, everybody wanted it to be a success. So, you know, the pressure was really on us trying to not to make a mistake <laughs> because, yeah. you know, uh, we didn't want to, or of course, hire many of the giraffe. And, you know, just when you think about the, the Rothschilds or, or the Nubian giraffe, they're also called the Nubian giraffe. Um, there's only about maybe two or 3,000 of them left in all of Africa, and maybe only about 800 in, in Kenya or so, you know, the latest estimates. So, you know, when you think about trying to, to save um, these eight giraffe from the island, that is 1% of the, the Kenyan population. So it is important as well uh, for, for that subspecies. But the challenge was, was immense because the water levels were rising. And the island's about, you know, maybe a mile or so from the, from the, from the shoreline where, where we had built the sanctuary for these giraffe. And so how do we, how do we get this, these giraffe off the island? Um, it never really been done before. Um, so the community, with the support of Northern Rangers Trust and Kenya Wildlife Service and ourselves, they actually built what we called, um, which is a big barge, <laughs> made of about uh, 60 sort of oil cans yeah. that they'd welded together to build a, and create a platform on top of it. And then with walls on the side. And the hope was, was that we would be able to kind of park the, the draft, you know, on the island and then try to tempt the, these draft onto the barge using food um, as a temptation. Uh, so we wouldn't have to dart them or that. But unfortunately, 
that didn't work out very well for 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 the first couple of of giraffe and then the pressure was really on with with one of the giraffe uh her name was Asiwa she had actually the water levels were rising so quickly the island itself split in two and she was trapped alone on one tiny sliver of of low-lying land so the decision was made by Kenya Wildlife Service and the rest of us that yeah we really to move move Asiwa first because she was really in, at the most risk, um, mm. and she was not. Uh, we were not able to tempt her on the barge with food, so we had to. We had to. Um, the Kenya Wildlife Service vets um, darted her to, with a tranquilizer, uh, and then we were able to to walk her onto the barge the barge that way. But it was it was it was very very challenging and, and worrying. But thankfully, it all it all went well. Wow! Wow! I I was so amazed to see that and. That creativity of just creating that giraffe or other badge and, you know, just, just seeing the giraffes in there, you know, sailing. I, I'm sure it was quite a distance, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, it took about an hour or so, you know, to cross that, the lake. Um, yeah, so it was pretty amazing. I mean, you, you never think of giraffe as sailors. Yeah. Um, and, and their heads sort of popping up at the top there. It was, it was absolutely incredible. Yeah, wow. And I'm glad you've mentioned about the community coming together. That's one. That's how conservation has, has really uh, worked here in Kenya. It's it brought, you mm. know, uh, communities which were fighting, you know, together. And uh, talking of local communities, I'm also glad uh, of the great work that you're doing with the Tw uh, Twiga Lindsay, you know, teams mm. uh, which are locally led in Laikipia. And David, how crucial is it uh, to include or rather uh, bring you know, the community uh, around conservation. Yeah, you know, you, you kind of said it, said it there already. Um, you know, people often ask me, oh, oh, David, you know, how is it doing conservation, working with animals and wildlife? It must be great. And, you know, it is. But actually, it's um, conservation is about people. Um, and it's, you know, the local people and the local communities who live every day with these wildlife they're the ones who ultimately are going to, to be the ones to, to, to save the giraffe and, and coexist with them into the future and share their, them. So, you know, we must work with uh, local people and, you know, local, local communities are leading the way in conservation now and, and we're merely supporting them uh, as best we can and, you know, in the ways that make sense for the community. And I think that's one of the things that, that Kenya is, you know, really leading the world in is, is sort of, these these communities coming together and 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 taking control of of their own conservation and you know helping coexist with the, with the wildlife that surrounds them. Sure, thank you, thank you. I totally agree with you on that one. And I grew up uh, seeing giraffes in the wild when I was taking mm. game drives with my family, even in school. But I never mm -hmm. really uh, understood their importance in in the ecosystem. Could you please take us through some? of uh you know the importance of having giraffes in the ecosystem because really all all species are important and we are all interconnected yeah how crucial mm, no, are giraffes yeah yeah no you're, you're right and you know we're still you know we're still learning about giraffe and their ecology and how they fit into the ecosystem so right now we're just sort of at the tip of the iceberg of understanding how important they are and you know in the whole functioning of of a savanna or a rangeland system, but you know, there's there's several ways that 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 they are important, and um, it's everything from helping you know transport um, seeds, you know, when they're feeding um, from the different acacia and 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 bringing those around uh, through their digestive system. 
they also help that balance in the savanna in many ways or to a lesser extent the, the way elephants do but they are important in trying to keep that balance between the woody vegetation and yeah. the and the, the grasslands and um uh, also interestingly enough they 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 are probably the the world's largest uh, pollinators mm -hmm. hello david hello Oh, you're still there. Okay, okay. Thank yes, you. Yes. Thank okay. you. <laughs> Sorry for the post. Thank you so much for for sharing that. Um, let's switch on gears now and talk a bit about the science and the tech involved in conservation. How has it helped you uh, and your organization take uh, your conservation work forward? How have you been able to balance both the tech and the science? Yeah, that's that's you know technology in in conservation now is becoming more and more important. Um. You know, as we make these these great technological advances, and I think um, one of one of the best ways that that I have seen um, in terms of uh, assisting with conservation is is the use of um, camera traps or trail cameras, which are those cameras that you know when an animal or a person or a livestock walks by, it takes a picture or a video. And by that way, you know, you can set up these these um, these networks of of camera traps across the landscape that can be managed by the community, and you can see where the animals are, you know, when the livestock comes in, what do the wildlife do, um, and what which areas of the, the 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 place that that wildlife use say in the in the dry season versus the wet season. Uh, and things like that. So that's a hugely important tool where, you know, you can have eyes and ears out there across the landscape where you don't have to be there yourself. And the other, the other big advance, I think, that, that we have started to use with, with giraffe over the last couple of years is the use of little uh, satellite tracking units where um, the, the location of the giraffe is taken once every hour yeah. on the satellite tracking unit and then sent up to the satellite and I can see them on my phone, um, you know, uh, at home here on the computer. And so that all, you know, helps us understand their, their home range size, their seasonal movements, how much space they need, how much time they spend in, in national parks versus community lands versus, say, group ranches. But it also feeds directly into the anti-poaching rangers and so that they can see um, exactly where the, these collared giraffe are and help deploy themselves um, in the best way that, you know, to, to offer the, the, the most protection to these giraffes. So I would say those are two of the, the bigger um, technological uh, advances that we're using these days. Some of the ones that are, are sort of coming down the line, but is not, are not quite there yet, I think will be the use of drones yeah. to do, um, and they're already using them already, but I think they're going to become, you know, more important to do aerial counts and then also to, to help with with anti-poaching patrols and even we're we're partnering with uh the smithsonian uh and other partners uh including some of the groups down the mara to see whether you can use actually uh satellites and use satellite imagery to actually count wildlife so you wouldn't even need to do an aerial mm -hmm. survey you can count them from from a satellite from space which i think is pretty incredible yeah, it will be interesting to see really how this, how we adapt, uh, you know, these technological tools that are coming up fast 
and thick as we yeah. move along. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And David, you mentioned uh, you working, you worked with, sorry, you're, you're working with KWS, NRT, uh, and the community also. Are there any other partnerships and collaborations that you have on board uh, to help you and your conservation work? Uh, yes, you know, there's there's a number of different uh, partners that we do we do work with, you know, in various different in different countries, um, such as you know IFAW or other groups in, in various different uh, countries, and we're exploring even in 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 Kenya now. Uh, in addition to the communities and Kenya Wildlife Service, we're also looking to see if we can partner with um, some of the some of the uh, lodges to help see if those lodges will work with us and their the communities around them with some programs around giraffe and conservation that would would help the local community but also for the guests that come into their to their lodges uh to see if they would you know be moved while they're there to actually help support conservation in in kenya so i'd say right now you know we sort of listed off the main collaborators we have in in kenya at the moment Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we're always, we're, we're sort of in a position now where we're growing and we're looking for impactful projects and partners, not just in Kenya, but, you know, around, around the continent. Perfect. Thanks. Um, and David, I'm curious to know, where do you see Africa's giraffes, uh, you know, population in the next uh, few years? Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a big question. Um, you know, I think it's easy to, to give up hope and say, oh, you know, all the giraffe you know, will disappear over time. But, you know, I actually think I'm filled with hope for a number of reasons. One is, I think giraffe are so famous around the world that I don't think um, uh, people, local people or, or people around around Africa would want to see their giraffe, an icon of the continent, you know, go extinct. Um, and I think, you know, what I've seen on the ground with with local people using innovative ways to to find ways to to coexist with these giants every day you know so that you know you don't necessarily have to it's you know this piece of land doesn't have to be for humans for livestock or for wildlife it can coexist together and so i think that these innovative ways and and the passion i've seen uh amongst the local people uh, it gives me a great a great amount of hope for for giraffe across across Kenya and across across Africa. And I think, you know, I do think that if we can find ways to bring benefits to uh, local people through wildlife and through giraffe, be it, you know, ecotourism or other kinds of jobs, I think that would really help support, um, you know, allowing giraffe to exist into the future. Fantastic. And David, being well-traveled and, uh, you know, doing the kind of work that you do, uh, what, what's your favorite animal and why? Oh, <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 I have to say giraffe are my favorite. Um, <laughs> I also I also love cheetahs, but um, giraffe are my favorite because to me, you know, the way when we were young, books of, of dinosaurs and things like that, and they would just look so incredible and amazing and yeah. giant. Um, yeah. To me, giraffe kind of kind of look like look like that in terms of with their long neck and their long legs and <laughs> they you know they're so unique looking and just fascinating that that we can have these creatures on earth uh living beside us so i and just seeing them in in the savannah and how they 
you know, they're so massive and they're so tall, but, you know, when they're running or if they're, you know, uh, they're so nimble and they're so in control of themselves, it's, it's pretty incredible. Wow, wow. Thank you for sharing that, David. And as we look to come to a close of this discussion, um, and as we gear up towards celebrating uh, the World Giraffe Day on the 21st of this month, um, yes. what, what will be your key message really uh, to pass along uh, to our listeners and the broader audience out there? And I think, um, you know, that I think for, for across Kenya um, is that, you know, you're, you're so lucky to, to, to live in a country as rich as, as you do with, with the amount of great wildlife that you have. And the unique thing about Kenya is that of all the countries in Africa, Kenya is the only one that has uh, three of the four species of giraffe. So mm. Kenya is very, very important for giraffe. And I think, um, you know, I think I hope that, that, that Kenya will continue to have the incredible uh, giraffe and, and the spirit of coexistence that, that, you know, you have now long into the future. Sure. I, I totally agree with you on that one. What a brilliant, brilliant conversation. What a guest we've had. Thank you so much, David Okono, for gracing this occasion and for making this a success. Asante sana. Ah, asante sana. Kwa <laughs> Okay, bye. Bye.